0: The Kings' tailspin continues as they lose their sixth in a row. Is it time to hit the panic button or hold the course? We'll break down and discuss another tough loss for the LA Kings. Listen to this Locked On LA Kings. You are Locked On Kings, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Kings. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Kings fans, welcome to Locked On LA Kings, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Locked On LA Kings your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. We'd love for you to leave us a positive comment on Apple Podcasts if you like the show. And we are also on YouTube. Please like and subscribe if you're enjoying this content. I'm Eddie Garcia, your host of Locked on LA Kings. I've worked in sports media for the past 30 years, 20 plus years at the Fox Sports Radio Network. I'm also co host of the Puck Podcast, a weekly NHL review show that's been putting out content for the past 17 years and a passionate LA Kings fan for over 30 years. The LA Kings suffer another gut punch loss Tuesday night in Tampa, falling to the Lightning 4-3 in overtime. We'll get into the details of the loss, the moves that were made before the game, and what moves could be made afterwards. Uh, My reaction to the loss, and I didn't throw anything this time. Uh, But if you missed the game, time for a quick recap. After a scoreless and relatively evenly played first period, the Kings would strike first with uh, Philip Deneau scoring a goal about halfway through the second period. His eighth of the season assists from Jordan Spence and Trevor Moore. L.A. would extend the lead about three minutes later on a goal from defenseman Matt Roy, Kevin Fiala, and Trevor Moore with the helpers on that one. And L.A. had a 2-0 lead going into the final period. And that was a score about midway through that third period when Tampa would finally get on the board to make it 2-1, then tie up the game at 2-2 about three minutes later. We would eventually head to overtime about two minutes in, to sudden death, Tampa Bay would score and pull out a 3-2 victory. Kings fall to twenty ten and 7 on the year, and their season-high losing streak continues. It's now at six in a row. Kings are 0-1-1 on their current six-game, 10-day road trip, and they fall to 13-3-2 overall away from home. Let's check the game stats in this one. Uh, the Kings losing 3-2. Shots on goal favored Tampa Bay, uh, one of the rare games this year that L.A. was actually outshot, 29-22. Tampa Bay with the advantage in shots. Power plays, Tampa Bay was 0-2, for 2, L.A. 0-1. for 1. Talk more about that in a little bit. Face-offs were identical, 22 apiece. Block shots heavily favored the L.A. Kings, 24-10. In this one, I think that is an important stat. We'll tell you why in a bit. And as far as the hits go, a rare game where the Kings out hit an opponent. 35 hits for the Kings. I got to believe if that's not a season high, it's darn close. Uh, I don't recall them having over 30 hits in a game before. 35 hits over the Kings, 26 hits for Tampa Bay. Now, we also had um, a projected lineup going into the game, if you watch that on Tuesday show. And it's actually turned out to be a little bit different than what we actually saw. Uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois was moved off the third line down to the fourth line. This was clearly in response to his horrific turnover in that Washington game that led to the easy goal for the Capitals uh, and was a key part of them getting that victory. And I get the move. you got to hold players accountable. I would expect this to be a one-game situation because, frankly, I think Blake Lazat is the perfect fourth-line center. And for whatever reason, he doesn't look very comfortable when he's taking off of that fourth line. Hopefully for PLD, he can have the same response to his demotion as some of his recent teammates have had to being benched or demoted. When Kevin Fiala got benched for about half a period after a bad turnover, uh, he responded by playing some of his best hockey of the season. Matter of fact, Fiala was the best player on the ice for the Kings in their game against the Lightning. Um, he had a great move at the blue line that allowed teammate Philip Deneau to touch up on an offside, and then that led to Deno eventually scoring a goal on an ice feed from Jordan Spence. That doesn't happen if Fiala doesn't make a very smart play at his own blue line. And then he had the primary assist on the big goal from Matt Roy. A uh, Very hard, accurate cross ice pass, hit Roy right on the stick, and he was able to go in and shoot and score. So Fiala responding great to that ha- benching for half a period. And then Rasmus Kupari got benched for a game after a tough contest against the Oilers. And he's come back since and looked like one of the best Kings players as far as his effort level. Uh, ha- hasn't gotten the uh, the point production, but he has certainly taken um, that suspension and learned from it and has come out and played some of his better hockey of the season. For Todd McClellan to decide to kind of abandon his line shuffling so quickly after, I think it was just a couple of games, um, you know, I, I would have liked to have seen him stick with it a little bit more, at least... Um, I don't have an issue with Adrian Kempe going back on the top line, but I would have preferred to see Pierre-Luc Dubois centering a line with Kevin Fiala on it. Um, And I think you keep Trevor Moore with Philip Deneau, either as the second line or the third line. Um, We saw a brief brief glimpse of what Pierre-Luc Dubois can do when he has a top-notch winger playing alongside of him. I thought it was pretty good. Um, So kind of unfortunate timing all around for Pierre-Luc Dubois playing some of his best hockey of the season. Then he has that unfortunate play. Tom McClellan feels like he's going to hold everybody accountable, and he has to do the same for Pierre-Luc Dubois. Gets demoted to the fourth line. Didn't have a great game against Tampa Bay. Wasn't awful, but didn't didn't seem to be much of a factor in the game. Took a bad penalty uh, late in the game as well. Fortunately, the Kings were able to kill it off. But uh, we'll see what the the lines are going forward. Again, I would prefer to see Pierre-Luc Dubois playing with uh, Kevin Fiala, um, but we'll see. Uh, But that was a lineup change we didn't see coming, but understand. Under the circumstances of, again, holding your players accountable when they make a really bad play, there has to be some sort of consequences. And again, hopefully, P.L. Dubois will learn from that, take it as motivation, and go forward to playing some better hockey. Uh, As for the keys to the Kings going into the game, uh, we talked about the top key for L.A. being to contain Tampa Bay's top line. And the Kings did a great job with that. Against the Lightning, no points for Nikita Kucherov, who leads the NHL in goals. No points for his line mates, Braden Point and Steven Stamkos. That top powerful line for Tampa Bay was held without a point. Kucherov and Point combined for two shots on goal. If you would have told me before the game, Kucherov, Point, and Stamkos would be shut out in in goal scoring or points, I would have bet the Zamboni that the Kings would win that game. Unfortunately, it didn't turn out to be the case. The second key to the game for the Kings was start strong, finish strong. The Kings had neither. Uh, If you were watching that game and had no knowledge of the two teams, and I told you one of these teams is riding a losing streak, I would have thought it was the Lightning. I thought when it mattered most, they looked like they were the more desperate team, the more aggressive team. Now, it wasn't by a large margin, but Tampa Bay isn't in their worst slump of the season. The Kings are. Uh, So that was a little bit disappointing to see the Kings not be the more desperate, the more aggressive team. Again, it is a fine line, which does bring us to our third point of the game. And that was be aggressive, but be under control. And I think one of the key ways to show that was also staying out of the penalty box and limiting Tampa Bay's power play that came into the game ranked second in the NHL. And the Kings did that. They only took two penalties. They went two for two on the PK and you know, pretty much they came back to back the two penalties. They had to kill it off to start the third period. And when the Kings did that up two goals, having killed off two big power plays against, I honestly thought the Kings were going to win this game. Maybe shame on me. Um, I was even going in my head, like who am I going to pick as the, the top three stars for the Kings for the show? Uh, But obviously that didn't turn out to be the way it finished. And we'll talk more about that coming up, but for the Kings, again, this it kind of goes to the point we've been talking about. They're not playing terrible hockey. They're in every game. They're doing some of the things that you think they need to be doing, and they did it against Tampa Bay. Again, containing that top line, making someone else beat you. They did. Unfortunately for Tampa Bay, the other guys did beat them. Um, now, they didn't have the strong start or the strong finish, but they did have a, gro- a strong second period. Couldn't close it out. And, again, stayed out of the penalty box. Did well when they had to kill Tampa Bay's power play got that done as well. And in the end, it still doesn't lead to a win. As for what head coach Todd McClellan had to say after this game, uh, he said a couple of critical mistakes, and all of a sudden the game's in overtime. The difference between winning and losing, we talked about it before the game. It was just a sliver of a moment or a play, and we're still finding ourselves on the wrong side. I thought we played a better game tonight than we did in Washington. So maybe we're working our way out of it. End quote. And that was. Again, Kings head coach Todd McClellan. I don't know if I agree that the Kings played a better game than they did against the Capitals. Um, it was kind of a bit of more of the same to me. I mean, at least the Kings did get a point out of this one. I do agree that it has been, you know, kind of the same thing. Not terrible, but not good enough. Uh, seems like the Kings are, are having a crisis of confidence right now, which is a bit surprising because this isn't a young team. It's also a team that showed earlier in the season that it could be as good as any team in the NHL. Um, the fact that it you know they, they're a team that looks like they're waiting for something bad to happen, uh, or maybe better put, once something does bad happen that they they know they can't stop it. Um, it is surprising right now for the LA Kings, but it's what they've found themselves in uh, at the moment. We'll talk about quickly what we liked and what we didn't like and maybe an argument for the Kings staying the course. We'll talk about that more here on Locked on LA Kings your team every day. Hey uh snap into action this NFL season with FanDuel America's number one sportsbook. Right now new customers get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. Uh, That is $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. And if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there is no better time to get in on the action than right now. The app is super easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. Obviously, if you're a football fan, you like betting on the NFL. A lot of people do, but you can bet on the NHL as well. Uh, Just go to FanDuel.com uh kings are taking on the florida panthers coming up on thursday over under for the game six and a half want to place a bet on the kings to win think the game will have more or less than six and a half goals visit fanduel.com slash locked on and bet all season long on the nhl and the nfl as well fanduel the official partner of the nfl all right let's uh get to what we liked and didn't like quickly about the king's latest game um talked a little bit about it already but what we liked the kings defended tampa bay's top stars about as well as you can shut them out no points for their top players um and tampa's bay got a great power play and the kings did a great job of killing off the two power plays against one of the things you know you, you look at we talked about a coaching change on tuesday's show the, you know, the thought of maybe looking into it, thinking about it, making a list of potential candidates to take over the team if it comes to that. Um, but one of the reasons why I'm a little bit against that thinking at the moment is that the Kings have, I don't think they've tuned out Todd McClellan. I think they're still putting in the effort. You you know when you've seen a team quit on their head coach. Um, I've, I've talked about it. My wife is an L.A. Chargers fan. They played a game against the Las Vegas Raiders this year and they absolutely quit on their coach and he ended up getting fired. I have not seen that from the Kings. And one of the things specifically I saw in that game against Tampa Bay, they were blocking shots. We mentioned it earlier. The number of block shots the Kings had, that's the ultimate sacrifice of the body for the good of the team, trying to hold on that lead. So those were there. Those block shot efforts were there. And that's a great sign that this team is still fighting, is still competing But unfortunately, the things, the little things are coming back to bite them. And I will say this, uh, Todd McClellan, you can criticize him for some things. One thing you can't criticize him on is he knows when to challenge calls. Uh, And there was another one in this game. Tampa Bay had a goal taken off the board. Otherwise, they might have won the game in regulation. Uh, There was a goalie interference call. Um, the, the player for Tampa Bay had his stick under the pad of Cam Talbot prevented him from closing his legs on the puck. I didn't see it initially, but good on the Kings, their video staff and Tom McCollum for pulling the trigger on that challenge. Uh, and the goal was eventually overturned. So I will give them credit. Uh, the coaching staff's done a good job this season when challenging for offsides and goalie interference and things like that. As far as what we didn't like, obviously blowing another two goal lead. I don't understand this. This is a good to great defensive team with a good to great goalie. You would think that this type of team, the LA Kings type of team would be tailor made for holding on to two goal leads, but it has not been the case recently for the Kings this season. Uh, the Kings only had one power play and it was awful. They had almost no zone time at all. Got one shot on goal. So the power play, I know it was only one power play opportunity, but it w- I mean, they didn't even get it set up. It's it's not even getting close to being, getting on track. Uh, And the Kings, they got to the net, but they could never finish. And again, maybe this is an argument for it being so close for the Kings, but there were pucks in and around the crease. And for whatever reason, the Kings couldn't get that last stick on, that last shot on to finish some scoring opportunities, you know, put it on net and good things happen is one of the old axioms in the NHL. The Kings were doing that, but it wasn't happening at least for this game. There was a moment kind of late that maybe typified the night for the Kings. Trevor Moore had a glorious chance in front of the net on a little uh, elevator pass from Philip to And right as he was getting ready to shoot it, it just hopped right over his stick and he never even got the shot off. So that's kind of the way things are going right now for the LA Kings. Uh, So a quick story about me watching the game. Some people seem to like this when I told a story the other day, but I mentioned on Wednesday's show, I was watching the Kings game. They lose in the final minute to Washington and I cursed loudly and I threw my glasses across the room. I did that because my wife wasn't home and I could actually act like an idiot without any repercussions. Well, I watched the lightning game with my wife sitting on the couch next to me. So I wasn't to react quite in the same way that I did the previous game. Uh, but we also have a, a little dog named Herbie. He, we got him a few months ago. He's a rescue, and he's got some issues. And one thing we've noticed with him is that if we cheer or or yell loudly while watching sports, which we do a lot, he will kind of react to that. I don't know if he's getting excited with us uh, or if he's getting upset, but he will bark and he will jump up and down and kind of spin around and kind of go crazy. So I'm watching the game, and on the game-tying goal, I could see it coming and I yelled, no, no, no. And with that, Herbie starts barking and jumping around and spinning around. And my wife tells me, tell him it's okay. Tell him you're okay. And I said in a very calm voice, I'm not okay. (laughs) Uh, I was not okay. Part of me kind of hates the fact that I'm a 54 year old man and I can still have my emotions affected by my sports teams the way I do, but I do for better or for worse. you know. I'm glad the Kings got a point out of it, but watching the game against Tampa Bay, you could like the Washington loss was kind of a sudden goal in the final minute. And then it's over this one. You could just feel it slipping away and you could just feel that as the lightning were kind of surging late, that the Kings weren't going to have any kind of a response to it. At least that's the way it felt. And that's a, that's a tough feeling. So the Kings are clearly in their most challenging part of this season. It would hard to believe, be hard to believe that it's going to get any more challenging as the season goes on. And yet we're not halfway through the season. There's still a ton of hockey left to be to be played. I talked about making a coaching change on Tuesday show or at least considering it and talking about some coaching candidates that may be out there. If you missed that show, go back and check that out if you're interested. So that's hitting the panic button, right? That's a that's a big move you don't want to make firing a coach sometimes though you're backed into a corner and you feel like you have to do it like i said though i don't feel the kings have quit on top mcclellan and that's why i'm leaning towards at the moment not looking to make a coaching change i know others don't agree with that but look the kings are in a very competitive division teams like the oilers and the kraken are on hot streaks edmonton's won eight in a row seattle's won seven in a row they're moving into wild card contention matter of fact edmonton's now in one of the wild card spots so the kings you know this this kind of cushion that they've created by what they've done earlier in the year specifically on the road they're starting to lose that now and those teams are uh, as they say in the rearview mirror or the side mirror that the objects are closer than they appear they're coming up fast and the next thing you know if you're not careful the kings are not you know competing for one of the top 3 spots they're competing for a wild card spot so you again you've got to be thinking ahead of the curve You can't wait and react after it may be too late. And again, though, there's still a lot of time left. So what's the flip side of that coin, though? What is the argument for the Kings staying the course? Well, in these Kings, six straight losses, five of them have been by one goal. One was in a shootout. One was in overtime. So the Kings are not they're not getting killed here. Again, it's little things here and there that are coming back to bite them in big ways. But they've played tough competition. They're playing tough. It's not going to get any easier going forward, though. Uh, The Kings' next opponent, Florida, is riding an eight-game winning streak. They're playing back-to-back games to close out this trip against two very good teams in Carolina and Dallas. So it's not going to get any easier. The competition is tough. But the Kings have proven earlier this season that they can be one of the better teams in the NHL. Those wins that they racked up earlier, they were not fluke wins. And it's with the same group of players. It's not like the Kings have been hit by a rash of injuries and now they're screwed. Um, One of the things I do love about sports every season, it's, it's like a story, right? And, and there are certain chapters of the story. There are the highs, there are the lows, some heroes emerge. Sometimes there's goats. Sometimes things happen that you never see coming. um, Like the start of a road winning streak that, made history for the LA Kings. Certainly did not not see see that coming. And that's a certain chapter of this season for the Kings. But my hope is, and I know I'm an optimistic guy. I'm a glasses half full guy, but my hope is that the Kings themselves can find their way out of this slump, fight their way through it with the group. They have not have to make a coaching change and in the end be a better team because of it. You go through adverse times, you fight your way out of it. And then you get your way through it, and you're a better team. Hopefully that's the case for the Kings right now, but there's no doubt right now the Kings are in their toughest challenge of this NHL season to date. Uh, We do have some Kings news and notes coming up. Uh, we got a Kings player being named to an all-star team, uh, and also some good news on a King returning sometime in the near future. That and more here on Locked on LA Kings, your team every day. All great athletes have one thing in common. They take care of their bodies. And it's a huge part that starts with optimizing whole body health. A lot of them also drink AG1. every uh, With every daily serving, you are set up for success. With 75 high-quality ingredients that give you key nutrients and support, energy focus, strength and clarity, it is a micro habit that delivers macro benefits and helps everybody to take great care of their health. Every day, you just mix one small scoop – In a cup of water, drink it first thing in the morning, done. It also costs you less than $3 a day, which is pretty good if you ask me. Uh, It is a really effective daily habit with high-quality sourced ingredients. It is a win-win. If a comprehensive solution is what you need from your supplement routine, try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase. Go to drinkag1.com slash NHLnetwork. That is drinkag1.com slash NHL Network. Check it out. The LA Kings host the Florida Panthers Thursday, 4 p.m. Pacific time. Catch every moment of the hometown broadcast of your LA Kings with Sirius XM on the SXM app. Just search LA Kings. Uh, Congratulations to Kings young defenseman Brant Clark. He was named an AHL All-Star. He led the reign or is leading the reign in scoring with 32 points, seven goals and 25 assists. Also leading all AHL defensemen in points and was third overall in the league in points. And uh, I don't know if Clark will attend the AHL All-Star game since he's now a member of the LA Kings in the NHL. Uh, but the AHL All-Star game will be in San Jose. February 4th and 5th are the All-Star festivities. They've got a skills competition and then the game. Uh, it does coincide with the NHL All-Star break, so it's not like Clark would be missing anything with the Kings if he decided to go participate in that event. Um, I don't think there's much of a risk of him being injured if you're thinking about why would you want to take part in some meaningless thing where you could get hurt. It's an All-Star game. I think he probably has more of a chance of getting hurt in practice, frankly, than he does in an all-star game where they don't do any hitting or anything. Um, so I, I don't know. I would hope Brent Clark takes part in this event. I mean, he's earned it. Go enjoy yourself. And you know, you don't get many of these opportunities in your career to go and take part in something like this. It's a cool event. So go represent the Ontario Reign uh, proudly and, and enjoy yourself. Um, if he doesn't go and maybe a spot opens up for an Ontario Reign player, maybe Samuel Fogimo could get selected. He was snubbed for the game. He's fourth in the AHL in goals scored with 18, despite playing in far fewer games than any of the guys in front of him. He's, again, 18 goals in 22 games for Samuel Fogimo. I still like to see him get rewarded for being called up to the Kings roster at some point soon. We'll see if that happens. Um, one other Kings note, I saw a story from Dave Panyota, who is with the fourth period. He was talking about, the Kings not being able to add any players due to salary cap issues. Um, but he did say that forward Victor Arvidsson, he believes in his talk to people uh, that Victor Arvidsson is going to return sometime in February. I would think it would be after the all-star break. So again, if the Kings can kind of weather the storm they're in right now, get back on track, you add Victor Arvidsson, maybe that can really spark him to get him going for a strong second half of the season. And one other thing before we close it out, I've mentioned the Kings may looking to pick up a gritty forward, somebody who goes to the net, somebody who could be like a pest, somebody who's got Stanley Cup experience. And there is one name out there that fits that bill. And he is available. He is a free agent. That player is Corey Perry. And he was released by the Blackhawks <laughs> after some unsavory circumstances. Um, and I know, again, he would fit the bill for the LA Kings, uh, be that kind of guy. Again, gritty, uh, goes to the net, is a pest, has won Stanley Cups, but I can't go there with Corey Perry. I just can't. Um, I hated him so much when he was on the Ducks that I, I just can't imagine Corey Perry in a Kings uniform. It actually makes me have a bad taste in my mouth just thinking about it. So I know that that he's out there. I know that, again, he would be that kind of a player I think the Kings could use, but I just cannot go there as a Kings fan with Corey Perry uh, for you every day. There's those of you that listen and watch locked on LA Kings every day. Uh, Thursday show is going to be a recap, actually a preview, excuse me, of the Kings Panthers game. Tell you what you need to know going into that matchup. Uh, of course, on Friday, we'll recap that game. Hopefully a Kings win and then have our usual Kings fan feedback show as well. Get your thoughts on everything going on with the LA Kings right now. The email address is locked on at gmail.com. E D D I E. Uh, we'd love for you to stay interactive with the show following us on X, Twitter, and Instagram. We're at Locked On LA Kings. That is going to do it for today's show. I'm Eddie Garcia. Thank you so much for listening and watching this episode of Locked On LA Kings, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Have a great rest of your day. We'll talk to you on Thursday. And as always, go, Kings, go.